Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Glenn Poulos is the co-founder, vice president, and general manager of NWS Canada, which is a leading product and service distributor for the mobile, broadband, and wireless markets. With over three decades of experience in sales, he has spent thousands of hours in the field or on the phone with customers and working with salespeople to help create several very successful companies. He's an avid skier and pickleball player, and he's the author of Never Sit in the Lobby. 57 winning sales factors to grow a business and build a career selling here to share with us his unique perspectives on sales and negotiations please welcome to the show glenn pulos glenn welcome to the show i understand thank you for having me and my compliments on a great intro there oh well well, hey you you're talking about me so i guess no wonder i liked it so much well you know what and while we're just talking about introductions uh this is not this is just kind of top of mind, you know, introductions. There's a little part of me that uh, I was, I I read one time in a book, never tell an audience how good you are. They'll soon find out for yourself. Yeah. Right. right. So there's that little humbleness kind of trying to, or trying to stay humble. Yeah. But you know, framing someone properly is very important because we build that authority and that is an engagement principle. Something that we talk to, you know, people that we train is that we want people to listen. And if, if yeah. they know that there is importance built into it. And so um, that's why intros are, are so important. So uh, thanks for, for being here. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, and, and so I want to kind of dig into, you know, your, your sales expertise and knowledge sure. here. And something when I was doing my research, getting ready for this interview, um, I saw something and, it, and I mean, it, it is an acronym, WSP. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not <laughs> right. too sure. I'm going to yeah. get you know, something sale, selling proposition or sales proposition, perhaps what, what is this WSP that you talk about in your book? Uh, Never sit in the lobby. And, and can we yeah, dig into it? Yeah. So um, yeah, so it stands for winning sales personality. And um, there was a, there was a more uh, NSFW version of it from way back when, but the editors told me I had to change it to something more agreeable in the modern age. So winning sales personality it is. And, um, and, you know, it is a concept that uh, we, I call upon virtually every day. Um, We call them, show them the WSP. That's what we, so, you know, the word show and then, um, you know, like apostrophe EM, right. Show them the WSP, right. And what that means is show them the, the, you know, the, we call it the winning sales personality, but really what, you know, I assume you want me to explain the, the whole concept. I do. Right? I do. Yeah. Personality. I mean, this, this podcast is engaging personality. So I want right. to, I want to dig into that big time. So go into that, Glenn, please. So, so, so it's based on a, you know, uh, you know, sort of this, uh, the concept that attraction is not a choice. Right. And so the, um, I go into some examples in the book and then I, you know, there's some examples I explain when I'm explaining it to people, but you know, if you walk by a nice car, you know, uh, you know, a a Ferrari or something like, it depends on what kind of cars you're into or whatever. Right. But it doesn't need to tell you that it's a pretty 
hot car, right? Like it just is by virtue of its own. And you are either, you are either, you know, enamored with that car or, you know, or, or not right now, if it was a beat up old jalopy, it's, there's no way of prettying it up. Right. doesn't matter how loud you come into the parking lot and spin your tires out. If it's, you know, attractions, not a choice, right? It's all about the way you present yourself, right? And so, you know, and of course, some of this comes across, um, you know, kind of sexist in a way, because a lot of times I'm talking to men that are selling, and they tend to exhibit male traits, which end up being unattractive in, in the face of the customer. And so the in the book, I actually tell the story about, you know, uh, being at a sales seminar, and everyone went out to lunch, and they all came back in and um, the, I started asking him a series of questions, right? And I'm like, how many people noticed the, uh, uh, it was a Mercedes GT or something like that, that was parked, you know, two slots over from the front door, a bunch of people, but not, not, not all or whatever, a bunch of people put up their hands, right? And, um, and I said, and when you came by the front, you know, the front desk to get back into this seminar room, there were three men, you know, uh, with really nice suits on, engaged in a conversation. How many of you people recognize those men there, saw those men, you know, in, in, really engaged in a conversation and looking pretty sharp in their, in their three-piece suits or whatever? And, and uh, none of them, you know, no, no, virtually no one had recognized those people, right? And I said, okay. And just in front of the desk, there was a lady, you know, she was about five foot nine she had this bright red dress on blonde hair how many of you notice her in the everyone in the audience everyone goes hand? up yeah right. right and of course it does have this whole like you know kind of again like some sort of sexist vibe to it well, well we're but, into what we're into right like right. that's you know right yeah and and the yeah. point is is that when you see something that's attractive male female a car or a house or you know anything a painting i mean it doesn't matter you are attracted to it naturally right and so the point is a lot of times sales guys and girls can do the same thing is that they take on this braggadocious mentality about their presentation right so and a lot rather than allowing the product to be shown in its best light right and so and so it's a matter of allowing, you know, that's why I call it show them the WSP, right? Like let, let them see it. Don't tell them about it. Right. Don't walk in and say, I have the box. This box is the best box in the world. It's, mm. you know, bigger, faster, wider, deeper, 20% cheaper, best in the world. You know, if you don't buy it now, you're going to lose out. And, you know, like you have to get all that out of it and you have to figure out a way to present the, the, you know, I often say box because I've always sold high ticket items. Um, right. So I think of it, I think of in terms of box, but it could be box service or whatever, but show that in a way where the customer can't live without the service or value that you're providing to them. And so that's where I go on. And there's another, another angle to it called this uh, punch perfect pitch and close where it's a way to get people's attention through this process, which I call the punch, perfect pitch and close, right? And the punch is where you show them the WSP, right? Yeah. And um, and so what I'm really saying is don't be a braggart, show the products in their best light, let them, let them, let that, that light evolve naturally and let people fall in love with it naturally and they will, right? And just, you know, um, 
you know, you can't walk in and say, hey, I'm really good looking, aren't I? I'm really, don't tell me I'm not good looking, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, well, you know so. this reminds me of Glenn is um, there's a quote, and I, I don't know if it's like a, what it's from. It's almost kind of more of like a, a Zen kind of quote that, you know, that those who know don't speak. Right. Those who quiet speak person in the room. Know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that, that kind of idea. Yeah. So what you're talking about with that winning uh, sales personality uh, is, you know, exuding it, but not having to brag about yourself, right. like yeah. you said. Right? And so, yeah. so, you know, you just, you just mentioned the, the, uh, sorry, the pitch punch, perfect, perfect pitch punch, and close. Punch, perfect, perfect pitch, pitch close. and close. Let's, well, let's dig into that because, um, you know, and, and, and maybe you can weave into how that winning sales personality, you know, kind of goes yeah. in that. Do you, do you have, um, I guess uh, like a scenario, maybe we should set up a scenario just to kind of, what would that look well, like? Well, it'll be, it'll be obvious when I explain it. Yeah. Sure. And, and so sure. usually you're, you know, you're walking into, um, you know, a boardroom or something like that, you know, there's a, you know, depends on the size of the sale. Again, I often sold high ticket items. So there might've been a finance guy there figuring out, can we afford it? And, uh, you know, we're selling technical products. So it could be someone, an engineer or an engineering manager, or T CTO type, you know, and other, you know, other uh, people in the value chain to figure out, you know, again, we were selling high tech machinery and equipment yeah. and things like that. Right. And, um, and so you'd be going into a boardroom visit and there'd be different stakeholders in there and what have you. And again, there's 57 tips in the book, right? So I can often, oftentimes I have to pull myself back because I'm all, uh, you know, there's all, before I even get to that boardroom or whatever, I've probably started way higher than I needed to, like at, with the C CEO, right? And and again, some of the stories in the book are are fables, or if you will, right? Like I never sold tow motors, but a few times I refer to selling a company uh, a new tow motor, a new forklift for their warehouse, right? And those things are like massively expensive, right? And um, so it's a huge cost to a. Um, and so you think, you know, who's the who's the decision maker on a on a tow motor or something like that, right? Well. You know, you think, oh, the warehouse manager or the, you know, somebody in the logistics and warehousing piece of it or something like that, right? But this could be a $100,000, um, yeah. you know, vehicle, right? Which which really governs the, you know, the throughput of the warehouse and what have you. And whenever it's a hundred grand, you can bet that the CEO is probably signing off on it. Right. right? More of a CapEx so, thing almost, yeah, kind of, right? Exactly. So, yeah. so he's not, he doesn't really care about the, the, the tow motor. He just is the last signature. Right. So I always start with him. Right. And I always, you know, I run through the snare in the book where, and I will come back to the pitch. Don't worry. Um, but, you know, and I'll say, you know, Hey, you know, the, you know, this tow motor, we understand that there's a need in the, in the warehouse for a couple units. I just wanted to get some time on your calendar to go over. I don't care about tow motors and, you know, you should be, you should be, and he, you know, they don't usually drop you all the way down to the lowest right. common denominator. They kind of drop you down. You need to talk to the VP of uh, warehousing. Right. right. And so I call him and I go, oh, I was just talking to Jack. And he said, I needed to get a hold of you right away. We got right. this amazing got tow that. motor. I don't care about tow motors. You should be dealing with the Mississauga or the Toronto branch or the, you know, California branch manager for the warehousing, you know, you know, Bill, right? So I called Bill. I said, Bill, I've, uh, I've already been in front of the CEO, Jack, been in front of your boss, Sam. And th these guys, they can't wait to get this machine into your building for a trial, right? And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and then eventually you get to the warehouse manager, the lead hand, the forklift manager, you know, and, and eventually you're dropping it off, right? And, 
And when I, you know, so when I would drop it off or what have you, I would drop it off. Never fax the facts, never ship the shit, right? That's one of my rules in the book. It comes very early on. And hopefully it's okay to say that and, on your podcast. And never sit in the lobby too, right? Never so sit in the lobby. Wait, exactly. Yeah. Never okay. sit in the lobby, right? And um, But never fax the facts and never ship the shit. So I always drop things off. And of course, when I'm on my way there, I would call the CEO again. I'd say, look, I know you don't have time for this, but, or depending upon the scenario, I might let them see the WSP of the, of the tow motor that I was selling or the product service or what have you. And then I would call the CEO and I'd say, you know what, they're, they're doing wheelies in the, in the parking lot with this new tow motor. It's the fastest, most, you know, throughput they've ever seen. Sorry, I'll turn that ringer off. Um, And, um, you know, uh, you should pop down for two minutes. You, you know, this is your only chance to sort of have a look at it. And, and so oftentimes those people would engage with me in that manner. Right. They think, well, I'm spending a hundred grand, the guys there and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pop down and have a look. And all of a sudden I'm saying hello to the CEO in front of people. And it's about establishing social proof and things like that. Right. Yeah. So one well, the relationships in yeah. that too, Glenn, right. Yeah. Like that. And something you said too, about like the never fax the facts, never ship the ship you know, you, you are going for the FaceTime, you're going exactly. for the in-person, yeah. you know, piece that is yeah. going to be the relationship builder. And of course, during pandemic, virtual times, right, that that is a rare, more of a rarity, right? right. We're not yes. getting that pushing, so, doing that extra effort is so important, because you, you cannot <laughs> click you off if you're there, right? right? You can't just yeah. disregard the facts, right? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, um, prior to March, 2020, right? I mean, people didn't even think about not being in front of the customer. Yeah. They only got extra comfortable in their chair at home during the pandemic. And now they just don't want to get up. Right. Mm. And so, and so it's not really that there's a new way of doing things, there was a way they had to do it for a while. And now they don't want to change back because of a right. com- perceived comfort, but they're actually losing an opportunity to be better and make more money and do everything better. Right. right. It's not better to do it at home in your pajamas right. on the bottom and, you know, party up top, you know, pajamas on the bottom or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Or no business on top. Business pajamas. on top, pajamas yeah, yeah, on right. the bottom. I, yeah. Well, you could try it that way, but yeah. maybe you get even yeah. worse results, right? So, um, so Glenn, is that what you're kind of seeing out there, you know, with your experience with, you know, um, training, you know, uh, other companies and speaking to other companies um, that they are struggling with their sales forces, not going back to the old ways that are tried and true, that they're kind yeah, of stuck. And our like our guys are back. Our guy, our guys obviously had, you know, it was a change, right? And I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, and we recognize that we were, uh, you know, we adjusted along with them, you know, and, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are, I think most of our, you know, our people are back, uh, fully engaged with the customers and the customers are allowing us to fully engage with them, but it was not an easy task, right? It's yeah. just some people sort of made this new leap um, that this was the new way of doing it, right? Like on Zoom or whatever. And it's not like the results are not showing, not bearing fruit, right? Yeah. And so there, there are products and services that maybe can be sold. You never see them, you never touch them. You never, you know, you could do it on Zoom if they have any question or whatever, but you know, the kind of like high ticket item, you know, and service people that I'm appealing to with the book are people that has always been done face to face and always will be done face to face. Right. Like if you're selling a guy like a, you know, um, a frigate, you know, to move goods around the harbors and whatever, or some kind of tugboat or whatever, you're not going to sell that over zoom. 
right? Yeah. Get a grip. The guy's going to want to drive the boat, right? Literally. And, and yeah. so to think you're going to sit at home on Zoom in your pajamas while he's driving the boat around the bay, it's not like, you know, and, and so, so back to the punch, perfect pitch and close. So usually, you know, um, the, the idea behind the punch is a state change, right? So when you're in, you walk in that boardroom and most people without fail start up, they fire up the PowerPoint, you know, slides. Oh, I'd like to show you our building in Baltimore where we have 200 people and our engineering facility is in Denver where we have 14 PhDs and, you know, and of yeah. course I'm already asleep if I was the customer and um, you know, it's like you're 12 slides in before the guy's even close to getting, you know, getting to the point or, you know, and so what I, what I say is you need to drive for a state change at the beginning of the presentation, change whatever state they're in. So, mm -hmm. and, and move them into the present moment, fully engaged. Right. And so that can either be, there's many ways you can actually do it. So you can do it by telling a joke, right? You could do it by making a sound, right? I mean, I don't, you know, that's not really always very, very appropriate, but, you know, like banging the desk or something like that, yeah. right? But so it's a, it's know, a pattern interrupt is what they call right. it in NLP. But yeah, exactly. You're, exactly. you're changing the yeah. moment. So right. they have to take notice. And yeah. then you kind of start fresh, right? From, yeah. from that. Yeah. And so, you know, so you make a sound, you tell a joke. Um, and so, but the, mo the, the best one that of in the, in the world that uh, I always worked in, you know, was, was basically hitting play and having, a, you know, uh, a video, a short video that immediately hit them with the, with showing the product, doing exactly what you were pretty sure they needed done in the best way they've ever seen it done. So mm -hmm. that they would one see the WSP and they'd be immediately engaged, right? Imagine you're like, you know, you're a machine that produces, you know, paper cups or something like that or whatever. And they normally spew out at, you know, two a second or whatever. And now you turn yours on and, you know, you're zooming in with the drone through the plant and all of a sudden, you know, with a, you know, the music and all of a sudden, and they see it working 10 times faster than anything they've ever seen, right? And you have to, you have, you know, your job as a salesperson is to try to figure out ways to punch them, you know, without punching them literally. And, and you know, and, the, and you can do it, right? And, but people, mm -hmm. all, you know, that, that are not as successful, they always want to go a step back and go, oh, no, I'm just going to do the PowerPoint. And that's the way we've always done it. And, you know, this that, really reminds me, Glenn, of, of, you know, um, let's say in copywriting or sales letters is, you know, the headline, you know, right. It, you go, you got to have that headline to grab attention. Exactly. And, and yeah. what you're recommending is that punch piece is that right. headline exactly. that is relevant, that is yeah. capturing attention. And the other salespeople, they're, you know, as they say, burying the headline, right? Yes, it's exactly. so many slides down. And, and, exactly. and again, going back to sales letters, your, uh, you know, your name or your company name is a headline is a deadline, right? Yeah. Making it about you is no good. You right. Gotta make them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, the perfect pitch is, um, again, I talk about it in different ways in the book, but it also very takes on heavily uh, the power of three, right? Which is the Goldilocks, in my it's called the Goldilocks principle, right? Good, better, best, you know, too hot, too cold, just right. You know, um, and when you start to get into good, better, best, value deal, you know, you know, like when you start adding beyond the three, 
it starts to become cumbersome and too hard for the brain to encapsulate. Right. And so in, and also in your perfect pitch, you're going to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them and tell them what you told them. Right. Obviously that's, again, those are three things, power of three. You only want to tell them three things. If you needed four, then there's too much to tell them. You need more than one meeting. If there's only two, then you're having, you're not going deep enough or, you know, it's always about three, always make it three. That it's just the way I do it. Right? I'm not saying, you know, you have to do it, but, but I mean, that's the way I always do it. Right. Well, in the power of and, three. And, and Glenn, I think we've been taught through years of like, you look at jokes, you know, three guys walk into a right. bar. Yeah, like you said three Goldilocks and you know exactly three bears. Yeah, always threes and stories. And in my background, being a magician, there is a a, a set of threes where the first two set people up for expectations, and the third one we define that expectation with the trick piece, right? The switch, and same thing in comedy, right? Like so, all of those things we that is built into us. So don't mess with the system. Exactly, exactly, and so. And if, and, and so the idea is that, you know, you've punched them and then you have the perfect pitch, which is the power using the power of three and you explain three pieces, three things you, and you basically, by virtue of the way you've presented it, you've presented it in a way that proves that it does exactly what they need. And then the close is, you know, you've been successful when the very next thing that happens is, is they ask you how much it costs or how do I buy one or what have you. Now, there are times where you may be in a position where you need to close them on something. Um, but, you know, the next thing that happens after the punch perfect pitch is the close. But uh, the best close is the one where the pitch did the job and they weren't asking you how to buy it. Right. Or how do I get it in the building to trial it? Or how can I take it for a test drive? Or how can we test it out? Or can we get a, you know, trial units or demo copies or Next whatever, steps. right? Yeah. Next yeah. steps, right? And um, and of course, and then I follow all sorts of other rules like never fax the facts. And then never sit in the lobby. A lot of people um, you know, they you know they 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 misunderstand it or whatever and so some people one guy asked me he said so do i do i wait in the car and i'm like no. do i stand in the lobby yeah. Like, well, yeah so yeah so basically what i mean is don't so when i so i mean always show up exactly on time announce mm -hmm. yourself and then don't sit down right be waiting and engaged to go the uh when the customer comes out don't be on your phone don't be engaged with anyone else, right? Um, and um, and literally why I came up with don't sit in the lobby is because I'm only five, six, okay? So most people are already taller than me. And if I'm sitting and a six foot four guy comes in, there's like three feet difference between me. And I got to rise up to this yeah. guy and yeah. then, you know, gently, meekly put my hand forward. And I was probably on my phone talking to the wife, you know, chit chatting yeah. or whatever on Facebook. And these, none of these are a good look. Right. And so mm -hmm. I'm always waiting at the door. I'm, and I'm very prompt and attentive. And again, then one of the next rule is always have something in your hand and something in your mind. Right. And so something on your mind, something in your mind. Right. Yeah. And so and that means so then they walk through the door, you say hello, you introduce yourself if you don't know them and you hand them the item that's in your hand. It could be a quote or a brochure or something like that that you're engaged with for the moment. Or it could be a promo item like a water bottle or a mouse pad or, a, you know, pens, pencils, things that you give away to customers, you know, uh, swag, right? But always have something in your hand and always have something in your mind to talk to them about. And and then you'll never be stuck, right? I'm just here to drop off the quote that you asked for, um, you know, uh, et cetera. 
one of the next rules, you know, is always ask for a mini tour, right? And people are always like, what's a mini tour, right? I'm like, well, a mini tour is a tour that's mini. And, and so, and then of course, they're like, what? And I'm like, tours take too long. Nobody wants to go on a tour, right? Like takes all afternoon, you get on and off a bus, yeah. whatever. A mini tour is this, can I see your new office, your new building, your new warehouse, your new lab, your new production line, your new, whatever you sell, right? I mean, maybe, you know, you know, can, um, you know, you know, can I get an, but always ask for a, call it a mini tour and they're, cause it kind of sets them off as well. And then the, it, it, and then if they, they're uh, sort of confused or whatever, you can say, don't, don't worry, it won't take long. And it's only a mini tour. And I promise I won't sell any encyclopedias while I'm here. Right. Which usually kind of, they're kind of like, Oh, I'm worried. What's he going to do when he gets in there? And, you know, and, it, and then, so nine times out of 10, they will give you the mini tour. They will take yeah. you. And that's where you're going to see that your competitors already got nine units installed and you have none. Right. And you're the, on, you're the guy keeping the other guy honest. You're not the incumbent. Right. The next rules that follow are um, never forget a face, right? And so while I'm waiting to not sit in the lobby, I'm in my car and I'm going through my never forget a face routine. And that is I call up on my phone. I go to the account because usually I deal with the territory. So I've been there before and I go and I call them up and um, the, um, you know, and I, I say, okay, Bob, you know, oh yeah, that's the tall guy, right? Jack, right? Oh yeah, I remember Jack, right? And so all these little pointers to help. And you I re-remember their face. I re-remember their face, right? And so um, the, um, and so then that way, when I'm on my mini tour and I bump into Jack and Bob and Sally and whatever, I don't have to fumble when they say, hey, Glenn, and I forget, and I know I know the fit, but I can't get it fast enough, right? right. But I've already re-remembered it in the parking lot. So I'm like, Sally, hey, how's it going? And this guy, and then this new guy who's giving you the tours thinking, oh, this guy knows everybody, right? right. And uh, but all this preparation, Glenn, that you're talking about, it just, you come off so much more professional, right? right? Like, and there's so many similarities to, we do, of course, uh, trade show trainings for companies who are exhibiting. And same kind of things apply. Never sit in the booth. Like I'm thinking, oh man, that your book pretty right. much applies to yeah. a trade show booth too. Have something in your hand that you can right. give to people who are walking exactly. by. Don't be yeah. on your phone. Like all right. those engagement principles kind of are, are so similar between the sales side and then you know lead gen and a, and a marketing at a trade show. Yeah. But just my favorite. Yeah. Holding that standard higher, right? Like it's so important. My my favorite time is when I talk to a a. a kind of a younger salesperson that's kind of new and they're looking to make a mark and they tell me that they're going to a trade show and I'm like, oh, that's money. And and they're like, why? And I said, this is just trust me and hear me now, believe me later. And as I like to say, and so I explained to them, never sit in the booth, right? And yeah. and as a matter of fact, the best thing you can do is to stand in the in the aisle. Right. Yeah. And then scan the badges. Of course, you've gone through all your customers that you do know and re-remembered their face. Never forget a face when they're walking by. You're not squinting at their badge or it's upside down and you're trying to remember who they are. You've already re-remembered them and 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 be on point and have things to hand to them. Like a, maybe you're giving away pens. Hey, Bob, I haven't seen you in a while. Here's our new pen. By the way, can I show you this new thing? But more importantly, um, when maybe the traffic's low. Then what ends up happening is a lot of people, their ankles get sore, whatever, they want to sit down. And, you know, inevitably that does happen. But when you're a junior guy 
The both is filled with the application engineers or the product specialists. There's a VP there, you know, got signed to do trade show duty that day. Maybe you're lucky the CEO's in the booth that day, right? So what you do is you become the most inquisitive person and you go to every product, talk to every product or manager. And you know what? Look, well, that's slow. I'm new. Can you just go over this product again and always be on? And and then later measure back on how all those executives and higher ups treat you out of the trade show. And right. the impact that you will have is absolutely career changing and makes all the difference. Right. And they're like, Oh, that Glenn guy, man, he never sits down. He's done it. I couldn't believe it. He's yeah. engaging with people. Oh, he's pulling them in from the bloody aisle. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Right. And um, makes a huge, huge difference. Right. And well, that's um Great advice, Glenn, because, you know, especially early on in a career, early with a company, trade shows are such an amazing learning opportunity yeah. because, I mean, of course, I, when I work with our clients, you know, if there's new, you know, product updates and different things, someone asks me a question, I don't know, I take them over to a subject matter expert, you listen in on the answer, right. now you know yeah. it, right? And you're able to just be able to do all of that and, and bring right. it together. So. And, um and I have this, uh, one of the things in the book, which other people often ask me about is what's, what is greed-based learning, right? GBL, right? That was going to be my next question. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Right. What's GBL, right? So GBL, so that's a perfect time you can try to practice it. Is that a trade show where, okay, give me my GBL points on, on this latest product. You know, you know, you're talking to these product guys trying to learn them, right? But the idea behind GBL, again, it's not rocket science. It's about your own understanding, your own um, sort of capacity to learn and what have you. And so I tell it by an analogy first and then explain how I used it in the past. So I don't really know anything about cars per se. Like, I mean, I'm just not a car guy, right? I just don't care. And I have a nice car now and I like driving it and it's awesome. But, you know, don't ask me much about it because I really don't know. And I honestly don't care, right? But every four years, I become an armchair expert on three or four cars and I know everything, the horsepower, the torque, you know, the wheel size, rim size, you know, everything, you know, offset this, da, 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 exhaust, whatever, seating, square footage, you know, every possible spec I absorb like a sponge because of the one difference of the rest of the time is that I'm getting one of those cars. Right. The buying window is open. I'm gre my greedy little window of getting a new car is open for business. And I'm able to effortlessly absorb and retain that information. But only until I touch times as I buy the car, then I promptly forget about it. But I don't need to know anything. I don't care if I'm buying, you know, I have a Mercedes now, right? But I might have looked at an Audi or something like that, right? One day I know them both. They I decide on the Mercedes, I just forgot about Audi and never thought of it ever again, right? Pay it no mind and forgot about all their specs. And so the way I applied it and was in my first sales job, this is where how I learned it. And was that we were a, what's called a manufacturer's representative. And we sold about, um, you know, approximately 20, it was actually more, but 20 main vendors, you know, from around the world um, that sold high tech products, right? And, you know, and th these were, these were all complicated state-of-the-art instruments and their own thing, measuring all different kinds of electrical signals and this and that. And each one of them had five or 10 products. And then there was the other, you know, there's probably upwards of 40 brands, right? But there's probably like, you know, three or 400 products in the ecosystem that at any point in time, a customer could want. 
And I was brand new, a young kid, right? How am I going to learn 400 products? Yeah. It's virtually impossible. I started trying to like read and I would fall asleep and, you know, and I mean, I just couldn't get it. Right. And then what I realized was that the, the, what I really needed was to engage with customers with a, you know, with an open mind and find applications, right. Where I would say, I just needed to remember the, the brands that we sold and they were listed in front of me and the kind of basic products and, Oh, I'm looking for this. You know, we sold like things like oscilloscopes, power supplies, spectrum analyzer, all the, you know, and as soon as the guy said that, then I would immediately say, well, you know what? It's funny that um, I'm going to be in your building tomorrow visiting Bob, you know, with something in my hand, something in my mind. Right. And let me drop off a data sheet, you know, to you on our new spectrum analyzer. And then that night I realized, Hey, that's a $23,000 instrument. And my commission on that is X percent, right? And I could be making, and I would, I would say, oh my God, I can make that much money. And like, I would call the factory and I'd say, look, I'm going to be going to be doing this. I haven't, I have no experience with it. Can you give me the top five things? Why anyone will care about your box? What makes it better? You know, what, what, what makes it sing and dance? And how do I sound intelligent in front of the customer? And if I, if I forget something or I need to know more, I'll call you from there, right? And the guy would explain it to me. And because I was able to, you know, this whole greed-based learning thing would kick in, I would be able to absorb it until mm-hmm. the next day, right? And over time, they happened to repeat themselves. So eventually it became a learned, uh, these products, I did actually get to learn them. But new ones would come along. I would find a requirement. And then I, my, as I like to call it, my greedy little nature would kick in and I would be able to effortlessly learn it. And, um, you know, and then I would go and present it to a customer and it would become, again, part of my, you know, my, uh, over time, you would build up a skill set. And before you knew it, you were actually very knowledgeable on a great number of products from a large number of vendors. And, and you were a very valuable salesperson in the, uh, you know, in the ecosystem, right? And uh, that's, that's interesting, Glenn. It's, it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit how education has shifted now to kind of on demand, like people not going to university or college, right. they're learning on YouTube when they need to. But you're talking about, you know, learning what is needed, you know, when you're incentivized. In real time. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. Way, on time. Yeah. And, and so with that, you know, of course you're going to retain that because you're so much more motivated. So I, I, I get that kind of greed-based uh, yeah. piece to it. And at the same time, you're not wasting your time. Salespeople's times are so valuable on learning about maybe obscure products that right. you never even... Exactly. have a chance or opportunity yeah. to it's kind of like right. yeah. as as needed you know um yeah. to to the sale but to do that of course you have to know your customer you have to ask questions and know what they want right so yeah that's very fascinating um can i can i uh, yeah. before we go yeah. I, I just want to ask a few a few other things too sure. your, your book uh never sit in the lobby uh is is on amazon is that correct yeah. yes yeah okay. it's on all the platforms so if people want to do that yeah. And you're available for, do you do, do keynotes or what kind yeah. of talk? Do yeah, you do? no, I love to. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of my, uh, my favorite things to do. So, um, you know, talking, I can, you know, and, um, working with clients on very specific projects, I okay. still run the business. So, you know, not long-term engagements, but, right. um, a lot of people engage me on, uh, challenging, leadership issues with their team right um 
And um, I, we use the EOS model in my business. It's, it's served us very well, the entrepreneurial operating system, about getting the right people in the right seats. I've, you know, come up with numerous compensation plans over the years, which I'm, you know, uh, you know, quite uh, quite knowledgeable about the vagaries of, of compensating salespeople. And systems and processes for, you know, measuring and monitoring your business. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm, you know, passionate about and work with, work with people about. Nice. Yeah. So, so speaking, consulting, it sounds like, yeah. and yeah. Uh, maybe sales kickoffs and, the, and that sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, exactly. awesome. Well, and where can people get a hold of you, Glenn? What's so, um, yeah, my name is uh, Glenn Poulos. So it's just my name.com, glennpoulos.com. And, um, and on there are links to all my socials. If you find me on LinkedIn, that's where I'm most active every day. You'll see a lot of stuff uh, coming out of me. And if you message me there, I will be uh, sure to answer you from there. And uh, you can also contact me from the website and, um, or on any other social media as well. But LinkedIn is awesome. a really good way to get a hold of me one-on-one. Good. And and just to be clear too, Glenn, it's G-L-E-N-N -N, yeah. and Poulos is P-O-U-L-O-S, correct? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time and, and, and coming on the show. Uh, I know you have so much content. I can just tell by the way that you speak to it, you know, your expertise is very deep. And uh, maybe we can do this again, again sometime because I think we'll have a lot more yeah, to offer. Thank you, Anders. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And until next time, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and stay engaged.